Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How are you? Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I'm good anyway. Everything's been going pretty sweet for me. You know, the week, what did we do this week? We, uh, we, a we played, played long, a wedding, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, long distance gigs, man. Yeah, we yeah. We did uh, Orlando yeah. and Melbourne. Yeah, that was yeah. it. What were we doing in Melbourne again? Oh, yeah, Mego Malleys. Mego Malleys. I love that place. Yeah, it's cool, <laughs> isn't it? This is fun. They have those scotch, the, the, the soft-boiled scotch eggs. Yes. I think we're, we're becoming uh, old people. We're excited about gigs I because of scotch. I don't know Scot- about becoming. I think I've been there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun, though, this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good weekend, man. Yeah, we fun. got all yeah. around town. And, you know, I, I sort of said something about it on, on Facebook the other day. But, uh, you know, every now and again you have to stop and realize when you're happy, you yeah. know? Because, like, I had such a good time just running around this weekend, playing shows and, you know, enjoying my job. I mean, really, everything is all right. You yeah, know what dude. I mean? No, dude, it didn't suck, man. We made good money. We got to play music. We got to hang out with cool people. I mean, like, yeah, what sucks about that? Exactly. Yeah. High five. Yeah, man. To being happy in low, a band. Low five. <laughs> low five. <laughs> a weird story. No Name Scar Band. What, one of my ideas for the name was... was uh, was low five? Why did I think that was a good idea? It's a low, terrible name. Low five? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is a weird name for a band. I know. Yeah, exactly. Right, well, on I'm that gl- note, <laughs> I'm glad we didn't go with it. Anyway, that was. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, that would that would have been bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we have Morgan Hennig with us today. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Oh no, thanks for coming on. I've been uh, sort of. Uh, pestering you to come on this show for <laughs> about nine months so thank you so much i'm for doing glad it. you did because i'm glad to be here this is pretty awesome already so <laughs> yeah fantastic man yeah you get to see um lmc and everything and we're working there was a bunch of kids here having a band meeting when you arrived on them yeah hello yeah. kitty guitar yeah i'm pretty happy about <laughs> yeah you could, that's justin's just justin's been playing the hello kitty guitar for a minute there yeah i think He's that one Second one, it's not behind. It's not behind me, but he usually has a black one in here too. Yeah, one of them. He has a uh, what are those things? Theremin. Yeah, he has a theremin set into the guitar, which is pretty what? crazy. Really? Yeah, yeah, you know those things. You go, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got like I, I'm not 100 percent sure how it works, but it's like right under the strings is a theremin. I think somebody huh. actually stands behind him and goes woo. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I sort of first became. I mean, I've I've known you for a little while just through the music scene and stuff like that, and you know, being around and about, and um, I met you at a No Name gig, I think, something like that. But um, you know, in recent years, I've, I've just noticed this sort of like sort of surge in 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 the stuff you've been doing on social media and and with your YouTube videos and everything. It's like um, you seem to be sort of very active and and very uh, sort of skilled and and on it kind of musician and able to sort of use the internet and social media like you know to to your advantage i've been very impressed watching your watching your rise i appreciate (laughs) it yeah it's been um i don't know it it takes a lot of effort to keep up with the social media stuff but it's been worth it at the end because sometimes it can get like frustrating and you know it it like kind of takes the fun out of it when it's more job oriented when you turn it into a job but I don't know. The benefits are, it just makes it worth it. Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, you know, we we have some questions that we ask, like, all the guests. And the the first one is, um, why did you start playing music? And um, did you have, like, a... When you were growing up, did you have a family that kind of nur- nurtured your your musical aspirations? Should I say? Um, definitely not. So right. I was raised in a cult, and right. in the cult, they're very strict about like what types of music you listen to. Okay. So my dad was like super into hard rock and metal, like but like Metallica, Black right. Sabbath, stuff like that. But he'd like sneak it because we were in the cult. So, oh, wow. yeah, he would have to sneak and play it, and I'd, like, go and, like, listen to him, and I'd hear, like, Pink Floyd and all this cool stuff. So that's kind of how I got into it. He did, He doesn't – I mean, he's not in the cult anymore, but at the time he didn't know that he was kind of conditioning me to be yeah. a rocker. And oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's kind of – Like, I had no idea about it. You are, do you find talking about that stuff? Like, Yeah, yeah, so totally. So like, what, what cult was it? Um, it's called, so people don't recognize it as a cult, but it's a hundred percent a cult. It's called Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh yeah. And they're like, everything is super underground, the culty stuff. 
or yeah. maybe not. Maybe you guys can see that it's a cult. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, um, it was super strict, and my upbringing upbringing was just totally different from what yeah. I am now. I'm like the opposite of what you're supposed to be growing up yeah, in that yeah, cult. Yeah. My wife and I have a really good friend of ours that same thing kind of grew up in in the Jehovah Witness um, faith or cult or whatever you want to call it, and. Um, same thing. Like, I mean, it was just like super strict and super like, you know, to, to the point that like, I mean, she just recently as, as an adult, as, as an older adult now, she's just recently like really just stepped away from it. Um, but to the point that like they would get like Christmas bonuses and, and stuff at work and she wouldn't take it because like she would say like, oh, well, that's a Christmas that's bonus. Christmas, I don't, I don't yeah. celebrate Christmas. you know. And it, we're like kind of talking $3. I mean, we're like Christmas bonus. <laughs> like, it was right, right, money. right. But I, it, was just, it was just this insane thing. Or if she would take it, she would donate it, you know, like back to the – yeah, it was really – Wow. That's, see, that's a side of it, it that was, I never really – It was, But it was just crazy. So Jehovah's Witness don't, don't celebrate Christmas, I don't They don't celebrate birthdays, any holidays. No holidays, uh, birthdays, um, nothing. Is that because it's kind of um, – sort of seen as being like self-indulgent or something like that no it's just pagan and they're yeah. like super against paganism yeah. oh, is right. what they say because of the origins and i think honestly <clears throat> i think it's a way for them to separate themselves from other people like that's yeah. i feel like that's the intention of it to like when you're not partaking in those celebrations yeah. with other people you feel other. distanced yeah you feel other from the rest of the people who aren't within the cult or religion, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you feel closer to the people who are in the cult. Sure. So yeah. I think it's kind of designed that way. Yeah, I guess my only experience with Jehovah's Witnesses is the people that come knocking on your door every now and again. And, uh, you know, the the brief mentions in sort of media and stuff. And yeah. the fact that Prince was one. Yeah. <laughs> That's like all yeah, I know they're about. They're like him. super proud of that for some reason. I mean, I get it. It's freaking Prince. Right? But <laughs> right. That's like their saving grace. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's Prince. literally that. So that's interesting. And actually, um, do you think that uh, growing up like that sort of polarized you in a way that um, sort of getting into metal was like sort of more likely. Do you think that is to do with the, do you think that's related to the I totally that? think it's related. I think the being so sheltered and oppressed, for lack of a better word, growing sure. up and not having any outlets to uh, express a darker side of myself or to even, like we're taught to be afraid of that kind of stuff when I was younger and yeah. raised in the cult. And now I'm just like embracing it because it's it's more exciting when you've been hiding from something for so long and repressing something for so long. And then all of a sudden you're exposed to like this whole new world. Like I, yeah. it definitely affected me wanting yeah. to be into metal and embracing the darker aspects of life. Well, we've been doing this podcast for a year and that has got to be like, the most interesting answer to that question, I think. So <laughs> yeah, far. Totally. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit. Billy um, from Leafy Greens had a good one because it. Yeah. It, so um, there's this band called Leafy Greens up in Jupiter, and 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 Billy, the when he, um, the way he got into music was his, his dad um, in it sort of raised his him and his brothers as a family band in Alaska. <laughs> which is a pretty interesting one as Damn, well. why couldn't that have been my upbringing <laughs> i want an alaskan like, family band. I know, right? yeah, it's a, that's awesome almost like the jackson five or something man yeah. <laughs> but i don't know the alaskan five. <laughs> so how did you find how did you wind up um playing guitar what was that, that what brought you to the guitar um so i started with bass um, because of this guy that I was dating, um, his fa family was super musical and I don't, I think it's because I wasn't already musically trained that hearing the bass tones was very difficult for me. Like I've always had a good musical ear, but I've, there's some scientific study that says that women are, they have a harder time hearing lower frequencies. Interesting. So the fact that I didn't have an amp and I'm trying to learn an instrument that doesn't have an amp and I'm already not like attuned to hearing these low frequencies. Uh, made it really without an amp anyway. Yeah. The, yeah. It yeah. made it very difficult for me. So uh, I ended up getting a keyboard and then I was like this, 
I do enjoy like keys and piano and all that, but I don't know, guitar just felt better. It felt more natural, and I liked singing at the time, so yeah. guitar and singing, it's just kind of, you know, singer-songwriter thing. It just sure. goes together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So um, was this, I guess this is prior to the kind of like heading down the extreme metal route. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I used to do like singer, songwriter, acoustic stuff to start out. And oh, right. Yeah, I I liked it, but... So you can sing and play an acoustic guitar like just fine then? I can. Do I want to? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, it's super vulnerable. And I guess I respect musicians that do that because of how vulnerable it is. Sure. Whereas I'm just like screaming with my guitar and like being angry. And it's, I don't know, it's a different... It's just different. It is you know, a different. I can't picture you being angry though. Like, really? I, yeah. Yeah. People always say it when they come to my shows. They're like, "That's so weird. Like you, you sound all evil and brutal, and then you talk and you sound like a little girl." And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched a bunch of videos this week, and it's just, and then to meet you in person, it's like night and day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's something inside me that just comes out when I'm performing. I guess it's fun. Yeah, man. What was the band that first got you into metal? I think it was Ozzy Osbourne because my dad had an Ozzy CD and I like stole a bunch of his CDs. And okay, so it was brewing right from back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what's the situation? Just to, I mean, not to harp on it, but out of curiosity, which I have as witnesses is, is, do they play music? Is that part of the thing? Is music like, is fine. It's just. Is it like hymns and everything, like kind of normal church stuff as well? There's there's the normal church stuff. You can listen to music, but it can't have cursing. It can't right. have any sexual innuendos. It can't have, like, it's just very strict on what it can be. And obviously, rock and roll is sex, drugs, and rock yeah, and roll. Yeah, yeah. So that's not something that they're super advocating on. <laughs> so well, I find it really interesting, and it just makes so much sense to me that that you, you know because of because you know. It's almost like back in the sort of 50s, 60s, and 70s when something is like forbidden, you know? It must have made metals like so exciting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get it. I get why you just. Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's badass. Yeah, um, yeah, so you picked up guitar. Like, what? when you sort of first started playing guitar, so you, you were playing acoustic guitar, and then so you started going into metal. Like, um, how. In terms of the sort of more difficult techniques with that, did you end up getting lessons or was it your self-taught? I'm completely self-taught. And the thing that motivated me was people telling me online how bad I sucked at guitar. (laughs) Because I'd put like videos out of me singing and playing guitar and my focus was more on singing at the time. And people would be like, wow, your singing is beautiful. And I'm like, but what about my guitar playing? Like, <laughs> why aren't they saying anything about my guitar playing? And, and then this eventually, is the singer-songwriter stuff? Yeah, yeah this is okay. when I was doing that yeah. stuff. And then eventually I did start getting like comments like, oh, that guitar doesn't sound that great. And just getting those comments fueled me. I was like, I'm going to get better at guitar because I want to be good at guitar. I want to be. I want everything to be pleasant. And in that desire to, I guess, prove them wrong or whatever, I ended up falling in love with guitar yeah. and... Now I don't care so much for singing. Like I just, right, yeah. I don't know. I can express myself well enough with guitar to where I don't feel like I need to sing anymore. When it comes to the more sort of challenging sort of metal guitar techniques, where, what, how did you, what did you gravitate towards in terms of sort of learning how to do that? Was it just learning it off records, or was it kind of YouTube videos, or did you go in like tutorials? Or um, I'm it curious was a mix. because I because because you know I I'm constantly trying to learn new stuff like that as well. I'm just interested. It was a mix. Um, definitely learning tabs um, from like my favorite bands, music and stuff. I think that's that's honestly the gist of it. How right. I started playing metal. I just hear my favorite songs and I'm like, how how are they doing that? And I just try to emulate it. And if I can't figure out the technique, I'll watch a video. Right. I'm a very visual learner, so if I see someone doing it, how they're doing it, then I can pretty much copy it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was your like t- with, this is something we ask everyone as soon as we're talking about it may as well ask you now like do you practice at home of course yeah, yeah. I, do people answer no for that so many people oh, really? way more than you would think yeah really i would say 75 percent of people say no well what? a yeah. lot of the How? people that come on the show 
in all fairness, are are working musicians that are playing out three, oh, four, five times a week, okay. and so yeah. and so they, you know, when they're home, the last thing they want to do is pick it's up their practice. guitar or practice or whatever. Yeah. So, and if you're, you know, in the corner of a, a Duffy's for three hours and no one's listening to you, you can get a lot of practice done. <laughs> That's true. Too. That is true too. <laughs> I, well, I mean, a shitty gig is just practice. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're practicing whether you realize it or not. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah, I definitely practice a lot, and I'm like always wanting to get better, and I don't want to be stagnant where I'm just like, okay, I'm good enough. You know, yeah, yeah. I want to be good at what I do, and there's always more to learn, so I practice a lot. What's, um, with your band, um, do you guys uh, do you guys practice a lot? Um, well, who's with, who's in the band? Okay, so I I just left my band Crypt Keeper, which yeah. was uh, me and three other guys. We did practice a good amount, but it wasn't as consistent as I would have liked it to be. Right. Um, and now I'm in Poon Tickler, which is my... This is the best name ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a two-piece, like, grindcore, brutal death metal project. Okay, it's just you and Mike? Yeah, and okay. it's just me and my boyfriend, and we, like, get session musicians. We got um, Eric Marotti from Suffocation on the first one, and... We just get them to record the drums, and then live we just play to the drum track, and it's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I, that video is just like, um, I, yeah, I can't unsee that. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I forgot about the video. Yes. The video. Oh, no, you've seen it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's amazing. There's so many. Twice. No, <laughs> no it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, it, it just got a lot of views. I feel, I feel like you, you have a, definitely like a, uh, an ability to um, sort of use social media to your advantage and, yeah. you know, and sort of to mix kind of shocking things and um and humor sort of an equal measure to sort of like yeah. you know get buzz going around things and i feel like that's sort of you know the vibe i get off poonticker especially is that you know it's it's kind of gruesome and, and death metally but at the same time you know there's like a healthy kind of spoonful of humor in it as well yeah you know? see i'm glad you guys picked up on the humor part because some people i guess took it way seriously yeah. and they thought it was like this serious music i'm like it's not meant to be like a serious thing like we're yeah. a couple having fun and making silly music like don't take it that seriously oh yeah our yeah. name is poon tickler like <laughs> how are you taking this seriously <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I totally got that, and it's awesome. And it's, so it's not serious, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a jam too. It's a killer kill, kill tune that one you brought out. Thank have, you. have you got uh, more stuff in the works? Oh yeah, we have the whole album done. We're waiting on the album art and just the mixing. The whole album, wow. The whole album's done though. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay. Is it something that you're sort of planning on? Like, we, are you, are you going to do? Shows you're going to take out on the on the road. You definitely, um, we definitely want to do shows. <laughs> We're kind of focusing on trying to get on festivals for right now. Um, like, there's I don't I'm not going to give names because I don't want to jinx myself but there's a few festivals that we've been trying to get on there's a few like european festivals that we're really interested nice. in that we're trying to because the genre we're playing is huge in europe yeah. and it's not really that much of a thing here but we sure probably make it a thing here is what we're hoping to do but we'll definitely have a bigger audience in europe so what would you say specifically the genre is it's it's a mix of like porno grind and gore grind Okay. So it's it's basically grindcore. Those are like little fancy <clears throat> terms for grindcore that focuses on like sex and gore. Basically, <laughs> that's gotcha. what it is. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. I I sort of get a little bit lost in the subgenres of metal sometimes, but it's yeah, that easy makes to sense. do. <laughs> yeah. There's, There's almost so as many. many genres as there are bands. It feels like sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, though. Um, so one of the things that I noticed on the uh, you know because we're friends on Facebook and I sort of follow what you're doing and, and um, something which definitely was a bit sort of out of the ordinary in terms of sort of my local musician friends was um, that you at one point you were playing with Willow Smith. What was all that about? Yeah. Um, so there's this guitar brand that I'm actually not sponsored by my boyfriend sponsored by, right. but they've been trying to get me like on their roster for a while and they just don't, have the guitar that I want in stock oh, no. yet. So I'm just, I'm super, super picky about guitars. They have to be pointy. 
They have to double <laughs> as a weapon or I don't want it. And <laughs> yeah, so anyway, they're, I've been in contact with them and um, yeah, they just randomly called me one day and they were like, uh, we have a gig playing for Willow Smith. And I was like, ah, bullshit. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, yeah, no, we do. We like, they need someone, they need someone to play guitar. And I was like, okay, well I'm down. And then they called back and they're like, wait, they need someone to play bass. And I was like, I'm not really a bass player, but I guess any guitar player can kind of fake it, you sure, know? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play bass. And, and also in that kind of situation, it's sort of like, well, I, probably just go and see what's going on with that yeah i'll play, I'll play <laughs> the flute i'll play anything for, Tambourine. for a pop artist that big you know yeah. um but yeah so i was jamming with her for a little while and it just kind of didn't end up working out and i guess in the long run it was for the best because i wasn't passionate about that kind of music like sure obviously i play extreme metal and that's like not even close to what I'm used to. What was it even? Is it like pop punk? I guess, like probably not even. That. Not even. More, yeah, more, pop, it's more like, pop than punk. I would say it's it's <laughs> yeah. pretty poppy. Yeah. yeah, it's it has some R and B influence, which I really liked. And she's so talented. It's like yeah, it's cool. mind blowing. Like listening to her, she's super talented. So but cool. uh, just the type of music wasn't really my thing. And I just yeah. I don't know. I decided with myself like. I want to do music not just for a paycheck. Like, I want to do it because I love it. I have to be passionate about yeah, it. that's fair. I don't want to half-ass anything because then it's a disservice to the people I'm working with. So, I Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I decided to just dedicate myself to my silly grindcore bands and <laughs> death metal and <laughs> now were you playing were you playing metal and stuff already when they reached out to you like yeah well, okay so yeah i was only playing metal so yeah. that just kind of boggles my mind that they yeah I, if I, it I was a completely different genre i guess i guess just from the videos watching her play i guess yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they like had you kind of have this other sort of side to you which is like the modeling side and maybe they were just yeah. like oh that would sort of work sort of like do you mm. think it was that no, because the person that recruited me, uh, I guess he's the sound guy for Britney Spears. He was telling me that between me and all the other people they were considering, they chose me because I had the most pictures with my guitar. Right. And the other people like looked more like social media people, but I looked like I was actually into my guitar. Gotcha. So I don't think it was the modeling. I I don't know what it was. It was I sent an audition. It was the guitar modeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent in a video of me playing it, and I was just, like, headbanging and, like, because I'm a metal chick. So yeah, sure. I, like, made it seem metal so maybe that's what appealed to her because she was the one that picked me so i think i think she saw the video and was like whoa like yeah this is punk rock or whatever you know (laughs) yeah that's badass um there's a couple of questions that sort of leads into um that i sort of wrote down i was curious about one is um uh you sort of you know have a sort of another like a day job as well um is that something where it's sort of like a, a financial thing or is it is is it that you like to keep sort of is it that you're keeping music as something that is you know just an artistic thing that you just want it to be how it is and you'd rather earn your money in another way or or like how does um how do you balance your work life and your life as a musician and is the goal to eventually sort of be making money as a musician or is it not um it Enough it definitely is the goal to a degree. Um, obviously, with the genre I'm playing, like like subgenres aside, the biggest death metal act would be Cannibal Corpse, I guess. And they're not like rich. Right, like yeah. you don't get rich playing the kind of music I'm playing. Yeah. So if I was doing it for the money, I definitely wouldn't have chose this genre. Right, <laughs> I would have chose like pop or whatever. Sure. But Obviously, it would be nice to make it at least sustainable to where I can only do that and not have to have a side job or a day job or whatever and be able to tour and have fun. But I'm not expecting it to like. Well, as a as a sort of guy who spent, you know, a decade of his life pursuing another niche genre playing Scarcore, I um, I can relate to that. You know, it's that you sort of 
you, you've put everything you have into it uh, with, with this sort of knowledge that even if you were the biggest Skarkle band in the world, you're not going to be rich. Yeah, you know? exactly. It just is what it is. And, um, and you end up kind of sort of, you know, well, I ended up sort of pivoting into completely other things. But, you know, within, you know, if I'd stayed within the punk scene like that, you know, people sort of, they just find other ways of doing it, you know, making money. I remember one time asking, because we had a manager, um, and I, I remember asking him, you know, because I guess sort of some of the biggest ska punk bands at the time was like Less Than Jake. And I was like, you know, like trying to, I guess I was trying to find out, you know, did it, were any of them sort of, did any of them ever manage to become sort of like independently wealthy? You know, and my manager was kind of being like, oh, yeah, you know, R- Roger has a house. You know, like, it, it's like, <laughs> no. You know, like, yeah. none of these guys are like sort of, you know, gazillionaires. Like, it's yeah. all, you know, it's a, it's, just, it's a lifestyle and you have to just sort of pivot around it to find ways to make it work for yourself. It's kind of like all about what you do, you know, in your off time, you know, when you're yeah. not on tour. Exactly. And if you're like, okay with living a simple life and making a sustainable living rather than trying to be like some big celebrity with a ton of money, then I think, you know, you you're okay with where the end goal is like it doesn't need to be this grandiose, like lavish life that you're striving for, you know, as long as you can do it and survive and love what you're doing that's the reward in itself well you have you have kind of an advantage so to speak um you know over other people that are trying to do that with with the genre and stuff because let's say you you know you're you're out there and you're making it and you're you're you know you're making your sustainable living with it or whatever but you've been building um you know your online presence yeah and so you know, I don't want to use the word influencer. It's, it's it's like such a terrible word, but but essentially, I mean, you you can kind of marry the boat, you know, marry the two and be doing your music and be having you know this sustainable thing, but then also with the online presence, you know, using it to um, to kind of generate some sort of income or whatever in that aspect too. You know, yeah, so. that's a good point. I didn't really consider that, but yeah, that's true. I mean. It's. I feel like a lot of people my age and my generation all have like a side hustle. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the I feel like the the economy is so bad right now. I don't want to go into it, but the economy <laughs> is so bad right now that the only way to survive seems like having a side hustle. Yeah. Like, I don't know people that are just working like one job and are doing really well. My it's whole usually life is a side hustle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, even a, that doesn't not apply to musicians so even as a musician if you can do your music and have a side hustle you know then you're golden yeah i you do a lot of modeling as well and i always wonder like how does that feed into um have does that has that been helpful in terms of um your music like has it opened any doors for you it has open doors. Um, the there's a metal cruise that I do, the seventy thousand tons. Oh yeah, um, it's it's a modeling gig. So the modeling gig helps me get my foot in the door to be on this cruise full of bands that I've looked up to and have learned from. You know, and there's no like borders or anything. Like everyone's just hanging out with everyone. So it definitely helps me in that aspect. Sometimes I do wonder if it's also hurting me because. I feel like it's harder to be taken seriously yeah, in in this sure, genre. Sure. Well, it was, that was you know, and that was something that I kind of had a vague question about as well, which is just you know, as a being a, a woman in metal and um, and and also sort of a, a good looking woman in metal who models as well. How is that? How is that kind of a? Do you feel that that's affected the way people treat you within this? Definitely. Um, I don't. It's it's very give or take. Some people are bitter about it because they're like, oh, you have this huge benefit. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also a disadvantage because, like, how many people are supporting me for the reasons that I want them to support my music? Yeah. And how many people are just there because they're thirsty dudes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yes, there is a huge advantage as far as, like, being exposed to a larger audience but at the same time it's like if i want to be taken seriously as a musician is that going to get in my way are yeah. people going to be able to see past that and see the music for what it is and take that seriously at the same time as knowing that i'm a model or whatever you know right. you know i think from my perspective 
Yeah, sort of my answer to it would be: there's always going to be knobheads who who just who are just kind of like assholes. But I think <laughs> at the end of the day, like the music's going to speak for itself. If the music is good, then right. you can't argue with it. You know That's what I, mean? I hope for, and. Like, I don't know. If you think my music sucks, don't support me, like my modeling or whatever. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I want the support to be on my music, obviously. Like, I do like the support to be with modeling, too, because it's like another art form for me. But my passion is music. So, yeah. you know, if I can use my modeling to leverage my music, I will. But it's just a struggle finding the balance between using it as leverage and it hurting me basically yeah. you yeah. know with your youtube thing we're sort of relatively sort of new to all this so you know it's kind of uh we and when we started the podcast youtube was just one of the uh it is still what just one of the 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 avenues that it gets released yeah. on but it, it's just it's been lately it's been the thing that's been doing the best so i'm kind of curious about it i want to ask you about it the um like did you did at one point were you sort of really pushing the youtube thing was like did you sort of decide you were going to be like a youtuber at any point i did at one point until i acquired youtuber friends and they told me how much they were making on youtube and i was like this is not worth the effort because of the simple fact that now there's tiktok and instagram and one video on TikTok or Instagram will blow up like very quickly where with YouTube it takes a lot of effort. You have to put a lot of videos out. You yeah. have to make a lot of content and it's like longer videos versus yeah. a 30-second video that can off chance go viral. And those platforms pay more than YouTube. Right. Yeah, so yeah. at first, yeah, I was like, oh, I want to do YouTube. And then I realized like – Everyone's attention span is so short. Do I really want to put this much effort into doing these full videos when I can do 30 seconds and have the same result? Yeah, that's true. And um, I guess I, you know, I've sort of messed around with making, I've never done anything serious with TikTok, but have you sort of started to like really try to do that now? I wouldn't say I've really tried to do it, but I, I do it when I'm, I have like a free second. Oh, <laughs> I'll like throw a TikTok video in there. Gotcha. I I'm still figuring out the algorithm for TikTok. It's it's strange because it's all based on trends right. and there's nothing trendy about the music that I'm playing. <laughs> so right. trying to incorporate like the underground metal stuff that I like and the mainstream stuff is like it, it's almost impossible. So I'm just trying to find my place in this strange tiktok I'll world you, yeah. you're saying you're saying it's based on trends and stuff and uh i uh i have a good friend of mine i'm an artist and and i have a good friend of mine that does chalk art and for for like a hot minute during the pandemic and stuff he was getting on tiktok and he was he was doing uh uh stop motion i guess or not stop motion um Oh, I forget what it's called now. Um, Where you take a picture and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, you know, yeah, you yeah. Know what it's it is so, called that. Yeah, so so he was doing, um, he was doing these. You know, basically, it was like him doing an entire an entire mural, chalk mural in like a thirty second span. You know, sure. you know, so time lapse, time lapse. Thank you. It. I knew it wasn't just that. <laughs> it's almost just like the clay people. Yeah, yeah, um, claymation, so, yeah, claymation. <laughs> so, anyways, so Gumby. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> so. Yeah, he, so he was doing these time lapses, and I, I guess, you know, chalk became, like, a big thing during the pandemic. Like, everybody was posting about chalk and stuff. Everybody was doing it in their driveways because they had nothing else better to do. Oh. And um, and and it became a trend or whatever, and he was doing these really beautiful pieces, and he was doing these, these time lapses and posting them. And some company actually picked him up and was paying him, was sponsoring him to do more time lapses, but of like certain subjects or whatever. Um, but then the trend died out and they fired him. So, uh, <laughs> you know, sad. it's like, it was like, a, he made a lot of money in a short amount of time, but it was like a very, like a very quick, you know. Yeah, that's what sucks about TikTok. It's like the trend is there for like maybe a week and then yeah. it's gone. And yeah, it, we missed out on the sea shanties one. Kobili should have got a hold of that. We were stupid right, for not doing right. anything. Yeah, if you're not on time with when the trend is happening, your video is like useless. Can you just start a trend though? I mean, you know. I yeah, mean, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you first yeah. <laughs> I'm good <laughs> I feel like it's usually the influencers and like celebrities that start the trends yeah, but yeah exactly I mean there's there's people that do start trends too that aren't that it's just I feel like it's luck I don't know maybe it's not maybe there is like some elaborate 
some algorithm of them, somewhere. Some but of them I, are so crazy, though. Like I've you look been, at them and go, like, who started this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, those, those what kind of crack were you smoking? <laughs> those weird houses they have out in LA where just everyone's making TikTok videos. It's very strange. The whole thing is very strange. Oh, influencer houses. Yeah. Yeah. Very That's a thing. It yeah. is, that is a thing. They all, they all live in the same house and in every room they're all like got like they're oh. like, yeah. everybody's an influencer in the house and everybody's doing their videos and they have like contracts and stuff like with the house manager or the house owner or whatever and they have to do like so many videos a week or so many videos a day or whatever like yeah what? yeah it's like it's a whole thing. Yeah. And they're all making tons of money and they're all sponsored. I know it's bizarre. I'm jealous. Dude, LA is so weird. There's like <coughs> the worst homeless problem I've ever seen there, and then there's influencers in TikTok houses. Sure, like yeah. what is the dynamic? Is we're just gonna like do a Killbilly's influencer house. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, when I went to LA, and I had a kind of a similar experience than you did. When I got there, I was like, oh. Oh, this is LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hate LA. Every time I go to LA, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. why? I can't stand LA. The way they show it, like in movies or yeah. in the it's media, not like it's nothing, it's nothing like, like that. that. Yeah. Not even close. No, I couldn't. St- I went down there a couple of times to do to do some uh, mural work, and like every time I was out there, it was the most frustrating thing. I'd leave the hotel, I'd punch the directions into my my GPS, my phone, or whatever, and I'd be like. Oh, it's only a mile and a half away. And then it would say like I was like 90, 90 minutes from like where I'm like, how is a mile and a half? 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I yeah. could not. It's not it. as bad. The traffic now. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic that everyone's working from home or if it's because people are leaving L.A. But... They all came to Florida. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> everyone's in Florida. Everyone's here. Oh, God. Everything's empty now. Everyone's here. That's so true. I didn't even consider that. <laughs> so I was reading a, an interview um, that you gave, and we were talking about how you sort of got into metal and stuff. And I don't know whether, you know, this is a thing still, but I, I noticed that you wrote, like, um, it was uh, sort of, to do with like you were sort of diagnosed with clinical depression and and then sort of you know this was something that you sort of felt helped that um it, is that is that true like you've it's definitely of, true yeah. yeah i still suffer from depression but i'm i have it under control now so right. i saw a professional and i got help and i'm doing a lot better now yeah but yeah when i was like in my teenage my depression is stemmed from like hormonal imbalances okay and obviously when you're a teenager your hormones are just all over the place so as a teenager i had a really hard time with depression and yeah music just art in general was like the it was like a desperate saving grace for me therapeutic Yeah. yeah exactly and it still is to this day sometimes i forget like i will go like a week without playing guitar I'm like, why do I feel like crap? And then I go and play guitar. I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I kind of treat the practicing like that as a bit of a meditation. And and it, you know, since because I, I stopped drinking a couple of years ago, um, and um, and before that, I wasn't doing a lot of practice, mostly because I never really felt like so I just always felt awful all the time, so I never <laughs> wanted to do it. But um, you know, so since then, um, you know, it's been definitely helpful for me because I've suffered pretty badly from anxiety and I, I find that you know you can really it, it brings you into the moment you know it's almost like a meditation in that way in the sense that when you're doing it it's all you're thinking about that's you know? so true and i just love that aspect of it and and that and now i think about it like that i find that i practice a lot more but i, I look forward to it because i don't think of it as being like oh there's this thing i got to do it's like oh this is the thing i get to do you know what yeah I mean? I exactly think, totally think about it in a different way these days uh, um, yeah, so uh, one of the one of the fun questions I've got on here, but here's the thing: I play so many gigs that I've got quite a lot of good stories in this regard. But I don't know, um, uh, I don't know necessarily if because you don't play out quite as much as I do. But I'm going to ask you anyway: What's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you at a gig? <laughs> the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um. So I have two of them. Okay. I don't know if you can consider either of them weird. Right. But we played with this, uh, my band Poon Tickler, we played with this band called Party Cannon. Um, they're like a slam band. They're from Scotland. Yeah. Um, so we played with them. We've never seen them live or anything. And we're a ridiculous band. So we brought 
pool noodles to for like everyone to beat each other up with because yeah. we just wanted to be ridiculous. And we get to the show, and there's, like, a bunch of pool toys everywhere. We're like, why? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on here that, like, why is there a pool floaty? There's a giant whale. There's beach balls. We're like, do we, like, not get the memo but subconsciously knew? And I guess it was their thing, too. They had, like, a bunch of, like, pool toys and stuff. So the whole thing was, like, a giant beach party. And they're like, did you know? I'm like, we had no idea you guys (laughs) were going to bring this stuff. And they brought the the rest of the party, the party canon. They lived up to their name. This is something that I've noticed just through watching online is this kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek sort of element to to sort of certain sort of subgenres of metal lately. And, and I'm, I'm all about it. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. it's sort of reminds me a little bit of um, that there was like these bands like sort of Foley and stuff, the really heavy Scarcore bands back in the day used to do similar stuff like that. It's kind of punk rock in a way. I don't know. It's, yeah. It has a feel to it like that. Yeah, it's very like, fuck you, life isn't that serious. Let's yeah, have fun. You exactly. Know? And that, I love it. that aspect of it. Yeah. And it's a nice juxtaposition to the very kind of, you know, uh, like po-faced and, and sort of serious side of metal. But I think both of them at the same time is what's good about it. You know what I mean? I feel like one wouldn't be the same without the other. I like the fact that you've got this kind of very sort of dark, gory kind of like music, <laughs> but then with this kind of like ridiculous kind of light-hearted with a pool com- noodle comedy yeah. <laughs> side to it at the same time it just cracks me up I think it's brilliant <laughs> yeah it's been a lot of fun my other band was a lot more serious and even though like the guys in the band were they were really fun people to be around but I did notice that just the serious undertone of the music was a lot less fun than I'm having now like this is the most fun I've ever had playing music is being totally ridiculous and yeah man I don't know. I I don't take many things that seriously. So having a band where I can do that and still take the music seriously but have fun, it's just it's been so refreshing to be able to do. Yeah, man. The only other question I have is just something I've been throwing in there, which is um, when you go out. So one of the things I used to do, I don't do it anymore, obviously, I brought this up before, was, you know, I used to definitely kind of like numb my anxiety and things like that by drinking a whole load before gigs. Do you find you need to navigate sort of booze and drugs at gigs? Um, you know, because you might not, you might just not have to worry about it at all, and it's not a thing. But is that ever, does that ever sort of come up as something you have to think about when you, you know, when you're playing out um, in terms of drinking too much or stuff like that? So I have a pretty strict rule about when I'm playing shows. I don't drink or drug yeah. or I don't really <laughs> drug anyway but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't drink before a gig because I know how sloppy my guitar playing gets and I do not want to make an ass out of myself yeah, right. so I'll hold off and then afterwards I'll let myself unwind and like right. have a few drinks or whatever but yeah. I don't I'm not like a heavy drinker to the point where I drink to get messed up every time my family's French, so I grew up just enjoying alcohol. So I'll yeah. just, you know, drink to enjoy a nice drink, and yeah. that's pretty much it. I mean, obviously, I do have wild nights too, but sure, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like a problem for me. It's something that I can control and balance because. Yeah, I think a lot of people can. You know, I just find it an interesting subject because I cannot. <laughs> so I'm just curious yeah. about other people's kind of. You know, don't get me wrong though. If that. I drink and I'm like in a depressive state of mind or something, it can definitely go overboard. Like I have to be in the right state of mind before I start drinking, or I start drinking with a purpose, and right, it's yeah, not a good yeah. purpose. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think everyone kind of like. Nobody's like a hundred percent. I can just do whatever and yeah. and be fine, you know. Yeah, for but sure. Yeah, definitely. Some people struggle with it. It's a it's a chemical thing too. So yeah, it's everyone's brain chemistry is different. It affects yeah. everyone differently. For sure. The you know, and I, it, you know, what I'm done talking about that. The writing process is something I'm curious about. Do you when you and Mike go to write a song? Do you have any kind of like um, approach to it? How does it happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah there's definitely an approach um so a lot of the songs are ba- oh god i don't know if this is like appropriate to even talk about <laughs> like if you knew some of our song titles you'd probably refrain from asking that <laughs> but um shit okay well we have a song called my dog licked my dick that's yeah 
they're based on true stories. That okay. <laughs> they're not always good stories, but a lot of them I are. I think that's happened to anyone who owns a dog and has ever walked around naked. That it's horrible. It's, <laughs> it's horrible. And every time we play that song, my boyfriend's like, all right, I'm going to tell them what this song's about. I'm like, I, I think they can kind of like guess what this song, you don't have to go into detail every time we play this song, what this song's about. But that's yeah, so a lot good. of them are, are based on real things and a lot of them are just like fucked up fantasies and it's it's just cool. it's all fun. I watched <laughs> I watched like uh, one of the videos. I watched you guys were playing um, somewhere down south, baby. I don't know um, Miami. But, yeah, and uh, and you guys were about to play that song, and he was he was like, "All right, so I have a story to tell you," and and then I can hear you in the mic. You're like, "Please don't tell the story." <laughs> 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 You're just like. Please, please don't. Please just don't say it. Just don't tell the like, story. Come on, it's called my dog licks my dick. You don't have to tell them. What right? The they song's know what it's about. about. They, they know, know what, what about. the song's about. Dude. Like, oh my god, he's oh, so funny brilliant. with that. Well, on that note, I think it's a good time for us to uh, watch a video of you playing some music. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. 
561 Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It is a biker bar in Tequesta, and um, it was reopened by my father-in-law, Peter Pinello. Um, it used to be called Judy's, and uh, Victor, who um, is sadly in very poor health right now, so um, prayers for Victor. Um, but he uh, he uh, ran Judy's for a really, really long time, and it was uh, just part of the furniture up there in Tequesta. Um, and then he sort of lost interest in it a little bit, and and... and then my father-in-law reopened it as handlebars, and uh, it's been doing great. It's a, it's a biker bar on the side of US One. You should come check it out. There's great food. Um, Bernsey does the food, and he's a cool guy. You should come have a chat with him. He's a real character, and uh, it's got some great beers in there, and uh, you know a whole huge range of um, beers on tap. And uh, yeah, we do a bike night every second Thursday, which Killbillies this month are playing. And we have never played there. And um, this place has been open for a year and I booked the music there and we've never played there. So uh, we finally decided like come in to play Handlebars. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, that's going to be, yeah, Thursday, I think May the 13th. And uh, six to nine. We're May twelfth. May twelfth. Thanks. Um, yeah, we're doing a bike night there. May twelfth from six to nine, and um, and then on the fourth Sunday of every month, I run a jam there from four to seven, and that's just all ages, all abilities. Um, you know, anyone who wants to come and jam, uh, come. It's a lot of fun. Um, this guy Cody brings a drum kit, and um, if Cody can't make it, uh, Hector's son Gavin is bringing, bringing a kit. He bought it yep. last last month which is really cool um so yeah if you want to try out a new song or if you've never done any kind of music before and just want to just see see what it'd be like to play with the band or you know if you're an old hand and you just want to come and kick around and have a jam with us come check out the jam it's on the fourth sunday of every month um yeah so this podcast is also brought to you by um oasis root um Carver Bar. Now, this place is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road. Uh, Carver is a Polynesian root that is ground up and mixed with water and um, has like a little bit of an effect on you, makes you feel a bit warm and fuzzy, um, but not drunk like alcohol. You know, it's not it's not very strong. It's just, uh, I guess it's something that um, people in Polynesia used for ceremonies and to relax and uh, started to sort of take off in the US. Um, there's a whole bunch of Carver Bars around and a lot of them are kind of like clubs you know like sort of dark and stuff but this place is uh it's more like a cafe and just has like a nice uh polished wooden bar and um everyone just sort of sits around and chats all day long it's actually very chill and jim uh, the guy who runs it is a big supporter of the podcast so thank you very much jim yeah he pretty much uh gets everyone who goes in there to subscribe to the uh, podcast so we really appreciate it it's very kind of you jim and uh i'm in there all the time you know i I go in there a lot and hang out and a bunch of my buddies hang out in there so if you want to uh come and chill in a super relaxed carver bar check out oasis route on indian town road in jupiter so uh yeah morgan that was a pretty badass video like um i know you've got a lot of those kind of uh playthrough videos online haven't you that's sort of like the, the, the sort of lion's share of what you do on youtube isn't it yeah i noticed it catches people's attention online people like covers so i figured why not cover some of my favorite bands that influence me and yeah. inspire me you know and it opens the door to metal and extreme metal to new people as well because they'll see yeah. my covers and I feel like with the style of music I play, it's almost, as a musician, more interesting to watch than it is to listen to. That's what and, I really mean. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like having the visual aspect as well is like more enticing than just listening to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I've learned a lot of songs that way through, you know, people doing playthroughs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Me too. Yeah, when, you know, when I don't know, especially YYZ, Rush and a bunch of other things, like um, a bunch of Rush songs. That's how I've learned them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, Rush songs on what? Uh, on bass. Okay. If yeah. you said on drums, I'd be like, now do it. <laughs> do it. Do it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm not that good at drums. Yeah, I wish. But uh, yeah, the. the, the in the adult program at my old job, uh, they 
the, the, it was just packed full of Rush fans, and they all wanted to like do like two or three Rush songs like at every gig. So I, I have to learn all these Rush tunes, and that's how I did it. That's, that's <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. So um, yeah, I think you uh, took some pictures of your gear. Was it your pedal board that we took a picture of? Yes. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's considered a pedal board. It's like a an interface slash. Uh, oh yeah, I hadn't seen the picture of it. I don't it's even one of know these. what to call it. Di. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all I use live. It's awesome. It fits right in my backpack, and I don't need an amp. I don't need literally anything else. That plugs directly into the house, and I can download tones from the internet. And I do have, you just have it come through the monitor, or do you bring a monitor with you? I, it just comes straight through the monitor. Right. Yeah. I so mean, you, I, so you don't even bring an amp with you? No. Wow. I, I literally have nothing but this tiny thing in my backpack. God bless. That'd it's be really amazing. sick, and it confuses the shit out of like the the old heads, like the yeah, metal yeah. heads, because yeah, they're like, sure. "How are you doing that? And That's cool. are you even like really playing? Are you fake playing?" But yeah, it's tracks. It's, it's all tracks inside yeah, the inside all, the little box. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little box of tracks. <laughs> yeah. Damn, she's onto something. <laughs> have you um, have you sort of deep dived into it and like gone through like? got the sort of amp and cab specifications and stuff like that yes um i had help because i am not super tech savvy um so i had my old bandmates help me out with picking the tones but um it i i couldn't explain to you what it what it even sounds like like i'd have to like play it for you because i'm really not good with like the gear stuff but all i can say is this thing has completely changed the game for me not needing to carry around a bunch of heavy equipment and it sounds really good a lot of people will say you know oh it sounds digital it doesn't sound organic or whatever when you're playing through this kind of uh an interface or whatever you want to call it di but um i disagree i mean like you can't really tell that i'm using this tiny thing and not an amp until you are coming in and looking at it like that's why it confuses people because they expect it to sound so digital yeah and then live it sounds great yeah i feel like there was a watershed about five years ago like where this stuff now actually does work you know yeah because all of a sudden like you know all these new units came out and it was like oh okay the game's changed you know yeah definitely happened and the sound oh go ahead sorry and the sound is like really consistent with it because everything's just directly going in so it's not about like where your amp is positioned or what settings you're on or whatever like the sound is pretty much always the same which is something that i really like about it yeah no totally the you know that since i've really been sentient there've been things like this that have been trying to do it but it's only just in the last few years where they actually can do it you know yeah. what I mean? And that was the thing. And that's why everyone is so snobby about them is because they didn't used to be able to do it. But yeah. they, they can now. You know, it's changed. It's, and, you know, I'm definitely at the point where I'm like, I, it's, it's about time I stop lugging my half stack around, you know. I mean, I I still use it with no name just because... Because um, it looks good. It looks good. <laughs> and it's, it looks good. And there's a certain amount of nostalgia because, that you know, my, my Marshall, I've been using that for 20 years. You know, I used that in Sonic Boom 6 from the beginning of the band and... And I just have a soft spot in my heart for it, you know, for the gear. It's almost worth lugging it around just for the, almost the memories almost. Yeah. That's pretty much the only reason I do it. But, yeah, I mean, when it comes to sound, I think, you know, the the jig is up. You don't need a big amp anymore. You just don't. You yeah, know. you don't. You don't need it. But, I mean, the the little amp modelers can get pretty close to whatever amp you use live. But... I don't know. I would argue that it's never going to be exactly the same. I'm sure some people will say, yeah, it's like it's basically the same thing, but it's never going to be exactly that nostalgic sound, especially with amps. Like every little difference. Right. It's the imperfections that make it good, isn't it? The coughing and spluttering of an amp that's kind of, you know, the valves are getting a bit old and stuff. Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't play punk rock, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's that's definitely a punk rock thing. I I would lose it if my amp was like, sounded all like it was on its last leg. (laughs) I think that's something I like the sound of, yeah. Like rusty pickups. A little grungy. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Grunge. Yeah. All right, well, um, what have you got coming up in the future? Have you got anything, like, in terms of, you know, gigs or releases? Have you got anything you want to sort of 
Um, yes. So my band Poon Tickler is releasing our first album or EP, I guess you would call it, um, the 4th of July. Nice. Just because that date was easy for us to remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, America. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have a lyric video coming out um, in the next two weeks and another music video that we have recorded. We're not sure when we're going to put it out, but right. they're all equally as repulsive as <laughs> the last one. I saw so. a bunch of like stills from like your your, your recording, your, your video thing. Oh, it, you did? Yeah, online, yeah. Really, but a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. The theme is basically, um, so the metal, the genre black metal is like super serious. Um, I guess not always, but usually those types of metal heads take themselves very seriously. Yeah. Um, and it also has like a stigma of having like, uh, like racism and like white supremacy and stuff. So what yeah. we did was we got two dominatrix uh to dress up in like gimp outfits and they're both black and they're torturing this like black metal like incel nerd guy (laughs) (laughs) so and he's like enjoying it so it's it's a fun video but i I can't wait to put it out it's so funny and i i think it's gonna probably upset some people but it's cool it's punk as fuck i love it yeah it's it's, you're not upsetting somebody with your art you're not doing it right right, (laughs) then i can live by that i can live with that yeah yeah that's awesome man so yeah there's a lot on the horizon are you guys playing anytime soon we like I said, we're trying to get out on a few festivals, right, but since right. nothing is confirmed yet, I don't want to jinx myself, so I'm not going to say exactly what sure. or when. Sure. Um, but they are all out of town, so nothing locally that okay. we have planned. We do have a music video shoot that we're trying to do that's going to be local on a barn. Um, we're trying to get like a a goat in the video. We're trying to get sumo wrestlers, <laughs> strippers. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're basically trying. It's gonna be like a giant party. I was gonna slash, say now it's a party. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be the like a giant strippers. Sounds like Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, great. we just want to do like a party kind of local show slash video shoot and have a lot of fun. It's on like a farm thing. We don't have any set cool. dates or anything, but that's definitely something that we're trying to plan, and it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, sick. Nice. So, um, what we got coming up? We, we got we got Conky Joe's on Friday. Yeah, and we've got uh, uh, Kilted Mermaid. Kilted Mermaid on Saturday. So Conky Joe's is in Jensen Beach, and we're there yep. from I think it's eight to eleven. Eight to eleven. Yeah, it's a it's a restaurant, and they've got but they've got a nice sort of stage area, and it's actually got a really nice place to uh, yeah. to play. They've got a nice big stage area, and it's a good sort of listening room. You know you. We we're not super loud in there, so you could just go and kind of eat, you know, and just watch yeah. the band. It's a pretty relaxed situation. And then um, the Kilted Mermaid. No, that's a party. Now that's just a vibe. <laughs> that place is crazy. It is fun. That yeah. place, everybody's nuts and everybody's fun and everybody has a good time. Yeah. And they have an outdoor area, so you can still eat your dinner and not be bothered by us. So. Yeah, it's wild in there. It's it's sort yeah. of like I don't know, like sort of with Celtic hipster pirate bar. Yeah, I d- yeah, I don't even know how to describe it, but everybody just always has a good time there. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. It's just fun. Totally. They do it right. Whatever they're doing, it's hard to explain, but they're doing it right for yes, sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, and then on Sunday, uh, James and I are doing a Mother's Day thing out at um, Swank Farms in Loxahatchee, um, which is a it's an organic produce place. Um, big up, Jody, if you uh, happen to be listening to this um, or watching it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be out there uh, playing for a Mother's Day lunch. And speaking of which, happy Mother's Day to all your mothers out there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, if you're listening Absolutely. to this on Mother's Day. Mom, if you're listening. Yeah. Happy, mo- happy Mother's Day. <laughs> so English Mother's Day is on a different day. Do you know that? What? I did not know yeah. that. So I have two Mother's Day a year, for one for my mom and one for Christie's mom. Aww. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. That, well, I feel like it's better because then you can break it up and like, yeah. just, you know, commit time to both of them. I know. Easily. For the first time in like 10 years, I almost, I kind of did miss it this year. So it's terrible. So sorry, mom. So I'm going to make a fuss of my English mom on American Mother's Day this year. Aww. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank Morgana. you for having me. This was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You guys are good conversationalists. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it's been 
sort of months of me being like, come on, come on the podcast, come on the podcast. <laughs> so thank you so much for doing it. I really it's just appreciate not it. what I thought it was going to be. It's like you guys are super professional. This studio is gorgeous. So I'm glad I I budged in and decided <laughs> yeah. to do nice. it. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate awesome. it. Well, everybody that's listening, uh, make sure you uh, like, subscribe, all the you know, all that stuff. Five six one music dot com. It's going to be streaming on all the platforms. Dropping it. Uh, well, I guess if you're listening, it's already dropped. But we, you know, they always drop at midnight on Thursday. Um, all of uh, all of our guests' uh, um, social medias and Instagram website, all that stuff is going to be in the show notes. So make sure you like and subscribe to all of uh, her music and band page and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later. Oh, <laughs>